Hi, I'm Dr. Rachel Gregg. I'm a pharmacist and a wellness coach, and I'm on the Big Mouth Pharmacist podcast. So in the fitness industry, my biggest pet peeve would be you can outwork a bad nutritional lifestyle, a bad quote unquote diet. I don't even like that word, but I see people come into the gym all the time. They work super hard, but their bodies do not change. So in order to change your body, one of the best ways to do it is to actually change the food that you eat. Welcome to the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm the Big Mouth Pharmacist. I'm a pretty sarcastic, slightly unprofessional healthcare professional, a holistic pharmacist here to talk about everything wellness, weed, and Woodstock. We broadcast from the most famous small town in America, where I hold court as the town's family pharmacist who tries to get people off their medicines and onto a wellness program free of the BS and misinformation of the natural products industry. And we're back. I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic yet big mouth pharmacist, here to take you on a journey addressing myths and misinformation in the health and wellness space. Thanks for listening, and I hope what we do here provides some value, some insight to help you along your way on your wellness journey. I want you to subscribe to our podcast, of course, give us a review or rate us. All that helps us get this word out that we're trying to spread. We also have a ton of great content over at woodstockvitamins.com. And don't forget to check out the Big Mouth Pharmacist on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at Big Mouth RPH Robert Paul Henry. That's not my name, but that's how you spell the letters out. Anyway, today's guest, I have another pharmacist on. Dr. Rachel Gregg is a pharmacist with a fast twitch, if you will, for fitness. She's a working pharmacist, wellness educator, physical trainer, and lifestyle coach. She works with people one-on-one -on -one to achieve optimal wellness, no matter the physical ability, because she believes we each have an athlete inside of us. Unfortunately for me, though, my inner athlete's obese, sedentary, and horrible at sports and fitness, you know? Rachel's here today to help my inner athlete and yours by giving real advice and insight to all the confusing topics around exercise. Enjoy! So I guess we can start out with our relationship. Like this is just not me interviewing some stranger that's good at fitness that happens to be a pharmacist, but yeah. we know each other, right? Yes. Yes. We went to school together. We graduated the same year from pharmacy school. So we went through it together. <laughs> Rachel knows me I when do. I was young and rambunctious and the young big mouth pharmacist and not the old big mouth pharmacist and balding big mouth pharmacist. <laughs> So uh, you have become a fitness guru. So why don't you kind of get me and my audience up to date with what you've done and where you've been. And I guess like I can add a little bit. I can say that the one thing that is for certain, if anybody knew Rachel, they knew that she was a runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fitness has always been a thing for Rachel. So why don't you just kind of walk us through uh, your early uh, fitness days and like what you're doing now with fitness? Sure. Yeah. Well, I started It's funny. I was thinking about because I knew I was coming on your podcast today and recording today. And I was thinking about back in pharmacy school, I was late to class all the time because I was busy running. So yeah, Forrest Gump, <laughs> yeah. Uh, pharmacy college. That's how I got through pharmacy school. Um, so yeah, I started running when I was in eighth grade. And um, I just, I haven't stopped since. And I always had the passion to help people be the best version of themselves, you know, physically, you know, and mentally and all of that. So um, the running gave me that, that avenue to do that. And um, so I really, I continue that through all of college and beyond. And about five years ago, I just really had this overwhelming feeling in my gut 
that I needed to do something more than just strictly be in the retail pharmacy setting. I needed to really help people in a better way with their nutrition, with their fitness, with their mindset, and help them take control of their health again, or maybe for the first time in their life. So you branched into that and you've like kind of parlayed the running and your fitness expertise into this whole thing. So, so you do um, uh, basically personal training uh, when it talks, when you're talking about the gym and then you also are designing diets and stuff. So you've kind of seen uh, from your personal experience, what works, what doesn't and all the craziness that's out there. And then you try to help people understand the real way to do this, the, the best way to do this. Yes, absolutely. I've seen all the fads. There's still fad diets out there. Um, I really teach, you know, sustainable lifestyle, you know, eating whole foods, shopping the exterior of your store, moving your body and yeah. finding a, a way to move your body that you love. So you stick to it. Um, yeah, I've got this whole wrap on fad diets that I've been using. If the the last fad diet worked, then we wouldn't need the new fad diet, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and people really need to remember that, that a lot of this stuff is misinformation. And, and that's why I asked you to be on the podcast, because I am not a fit guy, as you know, very well. I've uh, kind of uh, kept it together a little bit, but it's fallen apart at a bunch of different times throughout my life. Um, mm -hmm. And there's just so much misinformation around fitness, but I have no where to start for people. Like I know sports supplements, I know sports diet, but I don't know actually how to work out. And I feel like the biggest bit of misinformation around fitness is what people tell themselves, mm -hmm. yes. you know, about how horrible and bad the process is. So let's talk about like, you know, just getting to do something physical, whether that's in a gym or at home, just kind of tell me what, where you would start people off on the path of fitness. Sure. Well, first, I mean, I would find, I would tell people, find out something you like to do. You know, if I mm -hmm. tell you, you're going to run five times a week and you hate running, you're going to mm -hmm. tell me to go, you know, fly a kite and say, right. yeah, that's so, not happening. <laughs> so there are exercise programs around the Xbox then. Yes. If I enjoy Xbox, I can just play Xbox and get fit. What you can do. Yeah. You just take like five minute breaks from the Xbox and do, you know, four sets of push-ups, squats, oh, body weight, <laughs> body weight. I was hoping it would just involve the Xbox and that's it. I mean, you could just, you could do a push-up mm -hmm. on the, the Xbox <laughs> or one-handed and you could always do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So find something that they like. And yes. so like, what are the most common things that people like to do that is easy for them to transition from no activity to some activity? Walking is perfect, you know, because you can mm -hmm. get, I mean, especially this time of year when the weather's nice for us, you can get outside. It's a great mm -hmm. time to spend time with a friend or a loved one that you like, hey, we're going to go for a walk three times a week for 20 minutes or twice a week for 20 minutes, even to start. So it gives you a good excuse to have, you know, for the ladies out there, we always want that gossip time. There you go. Get out there and uh, <laughs> move your body. <laughs> that needs to get cut down quite a bit. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, so walking, what else, what else could we, could we do? Um, I mean, getting them, if you're going into a gym on any of the um, cardio equipment that you like, you know, an elliptical, a treadmill, um, a bike, biking is great too this time of year, getting outside to do that, you know, maybe with your kids, um, having fun with it. And, you know, even if that means, you know, your kids are active during the summer, if you have kids and they're going to a soccer game, you know, maybe you're doing laps around the field while they're playing, 
you know, or mm-hmm. maybe you're playing soccer with your kids, you're practicing skills with them or doing something fun, right with your kids. And that's an activity and that's moving your body. So it doesn't have to be yeah. organized, but mm-hmm. getting out there and having, you know, having a good time with your friends, your family, you know, whatever that looks like to you. So why let's like, I guess let's stop the BS, right? So me and you are, we're having this conversation. We're talking about fitness and like, we're saying all this stuff that everybody else is saying. Everybody says the same stupid thing. So why don't people do it? Why is it so freaking hard for somebody to actually do any of this stuff? You know, because I think they put on unrealistic expectations on themselves from the beginning. Like I've had Mm -hmm. clients that will come to me and say, I haven't, worked out in 10 years, but I'm going to start coming to the gym five times a week. And I think they just make it such a big thing instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to go twice a week, even if it's for 20 or 30 minutes. That's more than I was doing before. But instead, they, everyone just goes to the extreme, like you see with all these fad diets, it's just these extremes keep happening. And they do it to themselves. And then when they don't make it five times a week, they say, I failed, I failed. And then yeah. they just, the stop. judgment monster raises. Yes. Its head. I, I think that's a big, a big point here is that, you know, everybody tells you to just get up and do something. Right. And yes. we are going to, we said it, get up and do something. Yes. Something. Get up and do something. But, but the idea here is that we're taking bad habits and we're turning them into healthy habits. Mm-hmm. And, so we have to have real expectations around that. And I think that's important. I actually just uh, preparing for this. I was like looking at some fitness research and there's something that was just published that said people that lost 35 pounds or more work out at the same time every day. And in fact, the mm. people that have a set time are 60%, uh, 60% of them are likely to keep that weight off. So it's really about building in the habits here is what it really sounds like to me as the biggest thing versus like, is it better to do cardio or to walk or run and like all of this kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. It's like habitual changes. So like, how can we like in a real manner help somebody with habit changes? Well, what I do with my clients is I have those initial conversations with them about their typical day. Like, what does that look like? And when can you fit it in? And like you just said, if you can do it the same time every day, it becomes a habit. And Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, you might hear people say having a morning routine, maybe you start working that into like, this is something I get so religious about that Mm -hmm. I do it. Even if I have 20 minutes or 10 minutes, you can do, you can get a lot done in 10 minutes if you're super folk, excuse me, super focused on it. So it's, it is exactly that. It's finding a habit in a, in a time that works for you, that no matter what happens during the day, like I usually say, if you can do it in the first thing in the morning, that's the best mm-hmm. because it's before anything really typically will happen in your day that might prevent you from getting to the gym or getting outside or, you know, getting home, maybe get home late from work. So it's just, yeah, I mean, if, if I was going to keep it real with everybody, I would just be saying that we're really poor planners. So like, we just don't <laughs> live in the moment. Think about, yeah. We just don't think about anything. We're just constantly putting out fires. Mm-hmm. So then to, to say, okay, I'm going to change my diet. That's where all this dramaticism comes from. It's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. completely radically change everything that I do, but that's really not how it works. No, it's um, little steps every day, you know, that add up quickly add up fairly quickly if you can move yourself forward in some way shape or form every day right so like let's let's try to like help everybody here then so if if 
if you're waking up every morning, which is probably a good habit to get into is to try to wake up in the mornings, right? (laughs) Getting up. Yes. Waking up every morning is a beautiful thing, isn't it? (laughs) Get get up out of bed. And, and, and I would say like, I remember in uh, physical education, you can't say gym around here because our coach would like berate you if you use gym instead of physical education. Gym is a man's name or gym is a place is what he was said. Uh Physical education is what it is. So during physical education class, we would have a warm up routine, which involved stretching and pushing push-ups and sit-ups. And I still to this day do that every single morning just as a part of my getting out of bed routine. So what are some exercises and what are some things that we can do? Just literally stand up out of bed and then do it right then and there. Yeah. Like standing up, you can stretch, you know, do all your arm stretches like in front of you, you know, uh, over your head, do some, you know, gentle arm circles, Um, stretching. You can literally, you know, reach for your toes as you're standing. You can kind of do like a side little lungy thing that they stretch out your hamstrings and your glutes. Um, And that's a great way to get started because you start kind of activating the systems in your body. And it's, it's a great way. I mean, it's a great way to just stretch it out, get the blood flow going, kind of wake yourself up a little bit. Any exercise that people should do every single morning that they get up? Do you think like, again, we're talking about somebody that is not going to do the dramatic thing. They're going to just start doing this after they start listening to this podcast. They're going to start doing it in the morning. Stretching is amazing. I mean, if you can't do anything else, you know, Mm -hmm. do some stretching, maybe start researching some like different yoga moves that you Mm -hmm. have the ability to do. I mean, um, I know some people that are out of shape, but they're still more flexible than I am. So those yeah. are a beautiful way to um, move your body and it's very low impact. Um, mm-hmm. it's once I really feel like once you can start to be a little bit more mobile and limble, limber, you will actually feel better and your your brain will start to tell you like, whether you know it consciously or unconsciously, like, you know what, this is nice, but I want to start doing a little bit more. Like you start just, your body starts getting loosey goosey and you're just yeah. like ready to go out the door. So yeah, I mean, I've gotten you. to the point if I miss a push up day, like my body starts to yell at me. So yes. I'll like actually want to do push ups at work, which is weird to see in the pharmacy. I love push ups and I love anything yeah. body weight. Like that's where I usually tell people to start is you don't even need equipment, you just need a small space and mm-hmm. use your body and you'd be amazed at how much you can accomplish. So, I mean, like the best solution here is for people to get arrested and go to prison because I feel like <laughs> if, if you're in jail, you yes. could work out like this every day. And I almost tell people to do that. You yeah, know? why so not? Do the prison workouts. Imagine you don't have the luxury of going to the gym and scheduling and stuff like that. And you just yes. got your cell. So what would you do? So you said mm-hmm. body weight exercise. So you've talked about stretching, you talked about yoga and push-ups. So like, what are the kinds of exercises that we could do right next to our bed or our prison cell and uh, to help out? I love that. And you know, they have mm. amazing gyms in prison too, which is really yeah, crazy. But, yeah. Um, Good diet. But yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're kind of, you're very controlled in that system. So yeah, you can do the push-ups, you can do squats, you can do lunges, um, mm. front and back lunges, side lunges. You can do a lot of single leg you know, balance, like you're standing on one foot and sometimes even just standing on one foot and closing your eyes. Balance is so important. 
Um, actually, it's one of the first things I work on with my clients as far as once you have that balance and that core, it starts building your core strength, you're less yeah. likely to get injured from anything right. that you do. So, so you mentioned squats and lunges. Squats and lunges are my favorite. Um, I, I actually, because I have a lot of elderly clientele in the pharmacy, and I tell them that's the most important exercise that they could probably do, right? Yes, yes. And a lot of people will tell me, I don't know how, I can't squat. I go, do you sit on the toilet? <laughs> They're like, uh, I will you yeah. squat. Whether yeah. you know it or not, right. and whether you're assi assisted or not, you are doing a squat. Right. So they just have this image of, somebody with a barbell behind them and doing, yeah. you know, so it's, but we all have the ability. And I think like you said earlier about people just have this mindset of what they can and cannot do. Yeah. And it's really helping people realize like, let's show you what you really can do and start to build your confidence with that. Right. So the squats and the lunges are, are super critical. I mean, they're going yeah. to help out with balance and, and, and like movement or gait. And especially as we age, if we're not eating enough protein and we're not flexible enough, we have a higher risk of falling mm -hmm. uh, because we don't have the muscle and the strength that we had before. So doing those exercises are important. So, all right. So like, this is our, going to be our new morning routine. We're going to wake up, we're going to start stretching. We're going to do like a, a yoga pose or two, mm -hmm. and then we're going to do some push-ups. We're going to do a couple squats yeah. and we're going to do some planks. How about planks? Are you a plank fan? Planks are awesome. Yeah. yeah. You can do regular planks, side planks. Those are great. Yes. Yeah. All right. And so like we've now spent how much? Like 10 minutes doing something like this? Yeah. If you're not turning, you know, don't turn, get your phone away from you. Don't like just get rid of all your distractions for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And if like I super focused, 10 minutes is plenty. So how many reps do we have to care about all of that stuff? Like wh what should we be doing? Like, I know everybody gets all focused on all the details, just like with diet. Everybody's like, Oh, is it organic? Is it GMO? Don't worry about that. Eat proteins and fats and complex carbohydrates. Right. And mm -hmm. so with fitness, everybody gets into the nitty gritty. What do I need to do? And so we'll get to all of that. I'm sure. But yeah. you know, when it comes to this, how many reps should I do? How many, how many squats? Well, when first getting started and doing it in this way, I would just say really list, like really being in tune with your body mm -hmm. and doing as many reps as you can with good form. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's like keeping your, for a squat, like keeping your, your chest up and you're not hunched over, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of, you can count, but really mm -hmm. make sure you're doing good quality. So when first starting, I wouldn't focus more on reps as I would just doing some until you're like, okay, that's starting to not feel, I'm getting tired or it's not feeling as good as it did when I first started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just do a bunch until you get tired or yep. just do a bunch so that you can say that you've done a bunch like, okay, so no, no less than five. Let's make people at least do something. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you're numbers, like some people even just getting started are numbers people and I can respect that, you know, go for a goal of two to three sets of 10 to 15. Somewhere okay, in that so range. you do want to do sets, and so I don't know anything about fitness uh, as evidenced by my gut. So the <laughs> the idea of a set: yeah. do I do one exercise for ten, and then I take a break, and then I do a second set, or do I do all of my exercises and then repeat all of my exercises? So that's a great question, and that leads into just ways that you can change the same workout mm -hmm. to achieve more results. So yeah, so what you could do, say you're doing push ups, squats and lunges, you could do a couple of things you could do 
you know, all your sets of each exercise and then, you know, move on to the next. Or you could kind of do what's called like a, a circuit of you do one set of the lunges, squats and push-ups, and then you take a break. So you mm-hmm. do 10 of your push-ups, 10 lunges, 10 squats, take a little break and then do that again. So one way to, you know, increase um, your workload is that maybe you take less rest in between sets of your exercises. So there's ways to take one, one routine and uh, increase it and make it harder just by um, taking away the breaks. So what changes if we do a circuit versus like just working on one exercise? You fatigue, if you're just doing the one exercise, you're fatiguing that muscle group out a little bit quicker just because you're not giving yourself as much of a rest in between, you know, the push-up sets, let's say. So your upper body would fatigue out. Where if you're doing the circuit style, you know, you do the push-ups and then you're doing a couple of lower body exercises, your upper body gets all that time off and then you take a little break in between. So if you really want to fatigue a certain muscle group, then you would do all of the exercises for that group that, you know, say you're, you just really want to burn your legs out. You just mm-hmm. would do your squats and lunges, you know, back to back and just crush it. So if I uh, am a lay person, I don't crush anything except for uh, <laughs> a, beer <can. laughs> a beer can against my forehead while I listen, watch Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, the concept of fatiguing your muscles, can you explain that for lay people? Yeah, it is. It's just like this burning sensation. It's almost you can you feel. Um, I I can feel the blood kind of pulling into the muscle, so it almost feels like it's swelling up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you why just, would you want to do that? So what happens is you're breaking down the muscle, and that actually builds it up stronger um, after the fact. So in order to build muscle, you actually have to tear the muscle, which I know sounds counterintuitive mm-hmm. but what happens is it's almost like a callus if you want to think about it that way on your skin like if you have a callus and you keep kind of picking at the callus it just gets sometimes it'll get bigger and bigger and just so it's like your muscles learn they have that muscle memory and they're like oh i'm going to protect it's almost like a protective um result of of that so it kind of builds this protective layer because it is, you know, broken down. So that's like so important to eat enough protein if you start working out because you are breaking down muscle and you want to rebuild it and make it stronger. Got it. So the idea of like the muscle pain is a desired effect of this whole thing and fatiguing our muscles is what we want to do. So if we're doing our morning routine, just to try to get back into being not so soft and squishy um, and we do are four or five exercises, but we do each time until our, uh, we get tired, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we do like two or three of those. Um, that's just a good way to start, I would say. And then you can get more formal about it. That's the second step. So I just try to break these complex onions out into the different layers. So mm-hmm. we're going to start out with four or five exercises. We're going to do them until we're tired. We're going to do it twice yep. this week. Right. And then once we move on, then we're going to start putting into more formal practices like repetitions. So we're Mm going to do um, a set number of repetitions every single time. Now, is more reps better? Because this is the other thing, the number. Oh, I I need to have 12 reps. But if you do 10 reps, you're not going to get big muscles or you're going to get small muscles. I don't understand the whole thing. Can you you, you shine some light on that? Yeah. So 
there's a there's a couple ways to look at that. If you're doing body weight exercises um, and you're trying to build endurance, more reps is better because um, mm-hmm. you want that's your goal. You want to build. Um, you want to be able to do more. Yes. If you're getting into the point where you're starting to add additional weight to your body weight, you want to mix it up. Some days you're going to do less, but you're going to do heavier weight. Um, Mm. And sometimes you're going to do more reps, but less weight. So it's really what your goals are. Um, But also too, especially when you're starting out, just make less is less is more, but Mm -hmm. also quality over quantity. So if I'd rather see someone do eight reps really well, then do mm-hmm. 15 and have the last seven be sloppy. Okay. So. So the moving parts here are the number of things that you do, the the amount of resistance, and then the quality of it. So mm-hmm. it, it's about those things. So we never want to do poor quality is what I'm guessing. Yes. And so we always want to do good quality exercises, but then the number of reps and the weight that we pick, we'll do d- different things. So like, give me an example of what that looks like if I do low reps, high weight. Is that a combination? Yes. So you're, once you start increasing the weight, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to move it as many times as the lighter weight and doing heavier weight, um, helps you build uh, lean muscle in a different way than, you know, the other, you know, for bodybuilders and things like that, they want to build muscle up. So they'll do a combination of endurance and heavy weight, but both are beneficial in different ways because the endurance. So if I had like a runner coming to me or someone that wanted to start running, I would gear them more towards endurance weightlifting just because, or strength training, um, just because it builds the leaner muscle when you get into the heavier lifting, doesn't necessarily build bulkier muscle, but it's slower twitch. I know I'm getting into like some. Yeah, that's pretty fancy stuff that we're talking about. Like we're way way ahead of me already. I, I don't even know. I don't even have a twitch. <laughs> oh, you do. You know. I, I get the twitch when I'm watching the twitch. The kids play video games now. You know. You know that oh, they the do light. that. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Watching other people play video games. I guess we watch other people work out and play sports too. But yes, you know, whatever. That's true. That is true. So we're. So, all right. So there is a difference. There is. I, I'm not going to be, uh, again, I'm not going to mince words here. We went to college together. We we grew up together. So I'm going to say, I don't really care what those differences are. And mm-hmm. I hope that the people listening, like, know that you can get into more minutia. But for yes. our purposes, for this, we don't care. We don't care. Right. Just do do something, work out. We're doing body weight stuff. But now we're going to transition into the gym. Right? Yeah. Now we're going to get more formal about it. So. Yes. Do I go alone? Do I look at all those videos of people doing stuff on the internet? What do I do before I go to the gym? Well, the first thing is talk to, talk to somebody at the gym. A lot of gyms have like free, if you, wherever you sign up, you usually get some sort of free consultation with a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a, any gym should walk you through the equipment that they have. So they should teach you, um, take the time to teach you how to use the equipment. Mm-hmm. So that is really crucial is to just make the most of that opportunity. And then mm-hmm. if you feel like you want to have a trainer for some five or 10 sessions, just to feel more comfortable, maybe you've never walked in a gym formally. So it's very intimidating. And a lot of times when it's that intimidating, it's hard to stick to it because you, you don't know what you're doing or you just are just very nervous to go. So right. 
So if I were to call this episode anything, it would be fitness for real people. Yeah. And I feel like the gym is both intimidating, but then you have no idea what to do. And since we're bad planners anyway, I I believe a trainer is something that you should be doing uh, or you know, somebody that you should be working with because you need a plan. You need some mm-hmm. sort of plan of attack. And, and it's just like any of these other interventions from a lifestyle perspective. It's only as good as the effort that you put into it. Yes. Right. So I can design a beautiful diet for somebody, but if nobody's going to follow that, then that's, that's just, you know, I can't make you follow it. Mm -hmm. So I would say that if you decide that you're going to use a gym to, to get into a formal uh, fitness program, I would say definitely take that crash course of how to use equipment. If you've never used the equipment and just like get that introduction, that orientation, then the next thing that you should do is work with a trainer to make a plan for you, whatever your specific goals are. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to kind of follow that plan and whether you need somebody to like watch you and slap stuff out of your hands or like, uh, you know, that kind of a relationship, (laughs) then, then, you know, keep going with a trainer, but then revisit the trainer at some point. I just remember falling off, you mm-hmm. know, whenever I would go to the gym is like, I would get on this great routine and then I would just, you know, I would get bored and then I just you know, didn't plan. And then I just stopped and then I just stopped going. And it just, again, anything with habit, it's really about putting in that extra effort. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just adding variety of different things that you do at the gym, mm-hmm. you know, strength training, maybe you have more cardio days, but Again, that's just, and hey, have a friend sign up with you if that's going to keep you motivated. Like knowing someone's going to meet you at the gym at six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock at night, whatever it takes for you to be successful, you know, really think about that. Like what is going, what have been my hurdles in the past? If I've Mm -hmm. quote unquote failed at this in the past, like what has contributed to that failure? And you know, failure teaches you a lesson. So learn from it and implement, you know, the next steps on how to prevent it this time. Yeah. I mean, we would hope, we would hope that uh, the the past uh, non-successes would lead to future information. So that's an important piece to dissect is what hasn't worked for you in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, how can we get past it? Um, So, you know, going down this journey, but doing it in a simple manner, you talked about two things, strength training versus cardio. Oh, I'm only supposed to do this at the beginning and then I got to do some of this. But if I do this wrong, that's what's swimming around in my head right now. So yeah. I want to start working out because I want to be fit. So I, I finally got into a routine of doing stuff. I've got the itch. I'm ready to go. I want to go to the gym. I've, I'm at the gym. Now, where do I focus? Do I do cardio? Do I do strength training? Do I do neither? Is it better to do one? Is it better to do both? Yeah. Is it better to do one at one time? I don't know. It's just so much on the internet about it. There's so much. Um, the real the real truth that most people don't realize is that it's actually the strength training that's going to change your body. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're like, you know, I'll tell people at first if they're really, over, you know, if they have, you know, more than 25 pounds to lose. Yes, you really do want to do a fair amount of cardio. Um, mm-hmm. But your body is so smart. Like, mm-hmm we don't even realize how smart our bodies are. Like we're just, I don't know. So after about four, it's a moron. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My body's a moron. Uh-huh, your body's There's no chance. Yeah. Our, mm-hmm. We don't plan. We're very reactive or morons, but um, <laughs> yeah. So at the beginning, but I tell people every four to six weeks, you should be adjusting things because your body is, is 
is adjusting to whatever you're doing. Don't do the same workout. I've watched people do the same workout every single day and I'm like, okay. But strength training is really where you're going to get a huge change in your body. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at me like, really? Why is that? So you're, that's what you're putting on that lean muscle. Mm-hmm. And so many people get so worked up because, and this is why I hate this scale so much mm-hmm. for people because it just becomes these become a slave to it. But so as you're putting muscle on, yes, you may actually start to weigh more for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen long term is you're actually going to burn more calories per day. So yeah. you're actually going to change. You're not only going to shrink your body because muscle takes up less space, but you're also going to be burning more fat at the same time. So long-term strength training is really where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Yeah, I mean, the scale is a dumb thing anyway, to, to look so microscopically. I mean, we can produce results pretty quickly with people, um, whether, you know, that that's the success of keto and intermittent mm-hmm. fasting is that you you deplete your reserves of carbohydrates and carbohydrates are stored in your body with water molecules. So you drop this tremendous amount of water weight. So, wow, I just lost eight pounds in two weeks. Well, that's not sustainable because the minute you take a bite out of a carb, it's all going to go into storage and then the water is going to come right back. So the quick weight loss gimmick that any diet promotes comes only from that loss of, of water weight. And when you talk about fitness and you're talking about losing weight, that's not going to happen because you're going to be bulking up as you become more fit because you've got your fat plus the new muscle. Mm -hmm. As we work away that fat, then, of course, you're going to be losing weight and you'll be thinner, too, because, you know, fat takes up way more space than a a pound of muscle. So those are the basic conceptual things that I think people struggle with the most. It is. And it's, it's not the easy button. I think a lot of times we're, you know, people, not only are we not planning for things and all the other things we've said, but we also just want to have that easy button. That's just going to take it. You know, I just want to lose 30 pounds in a day. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, that would be great. It took you your entire (laughs) life to get to this point. You know, my weight gain has come from uh, a very diligent, intake of M&Ms and cookies. So over a long period of time, so it's not going to come off just with a couple weeks of of eating cleaner. It's going to take some time. Uh, I think one of the things that I try to teach people when I talk about nutrition, especially, is that, and I think you've touched on this before, but the difference between weight loss and fitness. Mm. So and we're talking about fitness. This is about mm-hmm. you being healthy. Mm-hmm. This is about your muscles working, you being able to move your legs, being able to like enjoy physical activity, your heart moving, your blood pumping, all of that stuff. That's what fitness is. So the goal of the gym isn't and should never be weight loss. No, it really should not be. And that's, I'm like, so I see you are smart. See, I'm not, see, my body's maybe a moron, (laughs) but in that little brain of mine, I get a little fire and electricity sometimes. That little mouse running around (laughs) is really smart. Fat mouse. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true though, because so many people come I even promote myself a lot of the times. If you're just in this to like lose 25 pounds in six weeks for that wedding or that mm-hmm. class reunion that you have, I'm not your girl. Right. Because it's, I'm in it with you for the life, you know, it's a lifestyle. I want to teach mm-hmm. you things that you can walk away with. Like we did pharmacy school. Yeah. I think, you know, if people want to lose weight quickly, there are tapeworms available <laughs> and laxatives that would work really well. I, 
I teach people about metabolic rate. That's what I yeah. teach people. The benefit yes. of fitness is the improvement of the metabolic rate. Do you want to touch on that a little bit, I guess? Because yeah. you did mention it. Yeah, so that goes back to weight training, strength training, whatever you want to call it that doesn't intimidate you, putting, you know, dumbbells in your hands. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about Neil. Um, <laughs> Picking things up and putting things down. <laughs> um, no, it, it's so building lean muscle is your best way to increase that furnace in your body. The furnace being your metabolic rate, like how quickly you're burning uh, through, you know, calories. So the more muscle you can put on, the more you increase your metabolic rate, the more you increase your ability to handle cardio and different things like that. You increase the, you know, the rate in which you burn oxygen and all these things that actually increase, you know, your body having to work. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just the more that you can all, you know, move your body in different ways, the more you're going to keep tricking your body. So your body is always like, what's not like, what's going on? Like, what is she doing? Or what is he doing to me? Right. It never knows what it needs to be ready for. So right. yeah, I mean, the metabolic rate in simple, even simpler terms is the just the amount of calories you churn through just sitting there. Yeah. So if you eat uh, the same amount of calories, if you have a low metabolic rate, you're going to burn that slower and potentially you might have an excess and that excess gets stored as fat and gross stuff. But if you take in that same amount of calories with a high metabolic rate, you're going to be chewing through it more quickly and you're, you're going to be less likely to have any excess. Mm -hmm. So the concept of metabolic rate, it's just, it's just an average because it's not like a, a specific thing. It's an average over time. Mm -hmm. So if we're not physically active, our metabolic rate is going to be lower because we're used to being more sedentary. And, and that's the benefit of fitness is to improve that overall average metabolic rate. So that way, while you're at rest, you're, you're chewing through any calories that you're taking a little bit better. That doesn't mean that you can eat a ton more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But technically, if you look at those calorie calculators, if you're into dietary numbers now that's only after you've been doing a, a good diet you know slowly for some time you can start worrying about calories but if you look at those calculators they often will ask what your physical activity level is mm -hmm. and if it's higher then your calorie rates go up what you can eat in any day goes up technically mm -hmm. but i think the more important thing there because i tell people with numbers it's just like it's a it's a fool's errand because it's always like overestimated how much the burn is and then you always underestimate your calorie intake so then you end up in this weird place where you're like oh i'm, I'm getting 2,000 calories and that's what the calculator says but really you're getting like 2400 because your math is off or because you know that specific fruit or vegetable had more calories in it right yep absolutely so so the the bigger picture here is to know that we want to do whatever we can to increase the metabolic rate on average in general that's what fitness does and i know so much um data has been done around poor diet and its effect on metabolic rate mm -hmm. if you look and you'll easily see that not eating enough food like small frequent meals throughout the day or going hungry or fasting those things will lower the average metabolic rate so even if you are a fitness person and you're going to the gym every day but if you're not eating correctly and supporting your body nutritionally your metabolic rate on average will be lower than somebody who is working out and eating correctly so mm -hmm. you're not optimizing that metabolic rate so you're not going to lose weight at the gym but the best thing you're going to do is improve your body's ability to then lose weight at home in the kitchen.
Yes. So that I was mean, just like a 10 minute version of me just getting to that point, I think. That was the short version, but that was, <laughs> that was a great. And it's so true because the calorie burn that you get for an hour or two after your workout, I mean, it continues. It's like the afterburn. Mm -hmm. So it's so, yeah. it's so important. It really is. It's, and again, if you're always changing up what you're doing in the gym, you're going to mm -hmm. keep that metabolic rate high because your body's not going to be able to get normalized because it's like, oh, we're doing the same thing again. Yeah. I would expect. So this whole talk has been about fitness for normal people, not the people on social media that are taking pictures of themselves doing Selfie. workouts in the gym. I, I, that makes me so angry, the whole social media thing, but then that side of it, the fitness side, and it, it's very intimidating for people. So right now, all we have is people making a good habit. They're going to the gym, they're working with a trainer and they know the role of fitness versus their diet. So let's talk a little bit about some nutritional stuff that they can and should be doing while they're working out or before or after? Yeah, so there's all these different, you know, fasting, cardio, or what, you know, I think what you need to do, the biggest thing that I know changed my body was making sure that I ate something as soon after I was done working out as I could. Preferably, mm -hmm. I think like a smoothie or shake of some kind, just because, you know, with a good deal of protein, just because your body can absorb that very quickly. And mm -hmm. it can start, like I said, about muscle. You're tearing your muscles down, tearing them up. And you yeah. can build that a lot quicker. So I found that was something that I wasn't doing for a, a long period of time, even though I knew better. And as soon yeah. as I started, that really changed things for me. So that's yeah. one of the biggest things. Right. So the way that I break it down for our customers that are starting to get into sports nutrition is, is one, don't believe anything that is on the internet about sports nutrition because it is so mm. micromanaged and, and incorrect and, and times the best thing to know is that there are two functions here there's your everyday nutrition you need to be healthy you need to eat really well and then there's the i'm working out level right mm -hmm. um so the idea of a, i need a pre-workout and a post-workout and i need all i need to optimize my protein intake and the guys with the jugs of protein <laughs> shake that they're drinking in the gym like that's all insanity to me so yeah you're going to work out, you're going to be burning some calories. And most of us are not going to be working out intensely. Right. You know, the people that work out for hours at a time, or they're doing like really, really crazy stuff, which again, we're just talking about regular people, mm -hmm. you know, so we're not going to be doing any of that stuff. So we don't need to worry about making sure that we have proper electrolytes while we're working out or, or um, sugar or, and the protein balance before you work out eat a banana and a scoop of peanut butter. Mm -hmm. When you're done working out, have a four ounce thing of chocolate milk. And I'm not just saying that that's actually the NCAA recommends that uh, College of Sports Nutrition. Those are the recommended things to support pre and post workout. It just has to be kept simple. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to go nuts. You have to eat those things before and after you work out to support the workout to, to help you rebuild. That's as far as it goes. Then you have to eat well all the time. Because again, if you're not eating those small frequent meals, eating really good foods, you're going to be too hungry to work out well. And then your metabolic rate will be lower too. Yeah. And I can just like from a, my personal experience, like back at, when I was doing marathons, I wasn't eating enough and my body was in like starvation mode. And I actually weighed like 25 pounds more when I was running marathons because I wasn't giving myself the food that I was restricting my food so much. Mm. And now I eat more. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, I, so it's definitely your, like I your bodies will, Find any way to survive. Yeah. And the more con consistent 
like you said, the small meals, you keep mm -hmm. your metabolic rate up because you're not allowing yourself to go into these little starvation periods right. of time. So, so we're, uh, we're getting towards the end of the episode here. So let's talk about any like more myths and misinformation that people can, we can address so that people don't feel so int intimidated by a fitness program. Yeah. So, um, lifting heavy makes you big and huge like women especially they're afraid of like oh if i put a 25 pound dumbbell in my hand at some point in time i'm just going to get humongously big and mm -hmm. that's not the case at all mm -hmm. um, you know if you're not injecting yourself with anything artificial mm -hmm. it's not going to happen um right. so like those turkey are, gravy those kind of things <laughs> the, the turkey based or gravy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you can't train and uh, you can't out train a bad nutrition plan. Yeah. It's another big one. So yeah, we, we beat that one up. Let's go back to that first, the first idea of like getting big. Cause we've kind of touched on this a little bit. Sure. The people are worried about getting big and then not flexible and they look like Arnold, right? How, how does somebody go about getting bigger and how does somebody go about just getting muscle, but then staying lean? Uh, Mixed, like going back and forth between like high reps, low weight, and then heavy weight, low reps. So changing up your uh, routine as much as you can. Um, something that I have started with, with my clients as they get, as they progress more, um, we will have a day where maybe we just focus on a couple different uh, muscle groups. So that's a way to really uh, fatigue, like we chatted about fatiguing out a certain muscle group, mm -hmm. really breaking it down but then making sure, you know, we're building it up with our nutrition. That's how you really build up your body in certain muscle groups. Like you got to really focus on that particular group, like for exercises, just for, you know, your back. Or got it. Like so that. the guys that are like, I've got back day and then it's, yes. we skip leg day, but then we do arms and yeah. then we do all of that other stuff. Yeah. So that's the intent is to make the muscles bigger and if, and you're talking about like alternating so is that like week to week day to day how how is it that somebody would build bigger muscles and make their body bigger so they can't even like um hug someone i guess <laughs> yeah that's your goal ultimately mm -hmm. um some i i go back and forth sometimes for myself i'll do like every, the whole week is a heavy week but i'm again i break up the muscle groups Sometimes I will do every other day in that week. So I'm, that's what I mean when I say mixing things up. I change my workouts up so much. Um, so I might have a heavy week or a heavy month. You know, like maybe the whole month I'm just lifting heavier for that month. So it's just kind of listening to your body. Like if you're just not responding to it well, mm -hmm. you're not recovering, you're sore every day, then it's like you need to change what you're doing right so basically to do the bigger weight stuff it takes a lot of effort yeah. and and most of us if we're just doing casual working out the the real people right mm -hmm. we're going to be we're going to just be fine we're going to put on muscle yeah. and when we start getting more advanced in it we want so basically day one month one year one even most people don't even have to be concerned about that yeah no that that's that's super advanced i mean when you're first starting get in there. If you're coming twice, you know, if you're going to a, a formal gym twice a week, do, you know, do a total body workout where you're doing a little bit of everything. You're doing a little mm -hmm. bit of upper body. You're doing a little bit of lower body. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you're doing some like cardio 
you know, at the beginning or the end, just a little bit to, you know, get that little extra sweat on. Um, but yeah, if you're going, if you're going a couple times a week, get a little bit of everything in there. So all your muscles are feeling it, you're working it. And, um, then as you progress, that's when you can get really, I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that, but as you're beginning, you're, you're getting stronger. So you are putting muscle on and, um, as you go, you know, you, I've heard, you know, people say, I know the muscles in there. It's just underneath the layer of whatever. So that, you know, just be patient. That's why I always like, it's, I tell people the number one word for success with a fitness plan, there's is consistency. Yeah. There's no magic. It's just doing the work. Yeah. Consistent basis. You know, it's not sexy. So we have to figure out how to make consistency sexy. Exactly. I know it's not sexy, but it's like, yeah. So you do, you have to find, yeah, the sexy cells. That's why weight loss is such a big push in the industry because that's what people desire so badly. Any other myths or misinformation that we can address for people that may come up when they're getting started in a fitness plan? Um, I think, again, I mentioned it earlier about cardio is what changes your body. Mm-hmm. And really long term is, is putting, you know, that weight in your hands and doing things with weights. So that is some people are afraid of the weights, whether they don't know what to do with them or they're right. so it kind of ties into, into what we chatted about earlier. I got a bit of uh, misinformation I'd like to address or like something just yeah. confuses me. So, okay, yeah. I, I decide I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go a couple days a week on top of my 10 minute routine every day. Yeah. I, you, you're telling me I should be doing cardio, but I should be doing some strength training too, especially early on. Yeah. So what does cardio look like for you? Is it uh, doing a stair climber, the bike? Am I running? Am I doing an elliptical? I can't stand ellipticals. I always feel like I'm going to like hit myself in the face with those things. <laughs> well, that is, a lot of that depends on the person's physical ability at the, the at that time. If they need something a little bit lower impact, I would tell them the bike or the stepper or the hated elliptical. Um, mm-hmm. If they were a little, you know, they're like just out of shape, they're not having any physical ailments. I would mm-hmm. love to get them on the treadmill because that is one of the, you know, running is one of the most efficient cardio moves you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love mixing up, like some people will just get on the cardio machine for 45 minutes every time. And then they get, so they're like, I don't have 45 minutes. So they don't do anything. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, eh, I love interval training. I love doing short bursts of cardio. Yeah. So, and I guess that was my follow-up question is the idea, is it better if I get on the treadmill and run for an hour or is there this interval training thing? Is that a smarter way to approach um, more advanced cardio stuff? Sure. There's a time and a place for that. I call it like the low, slow, long, slow drag that I call Mm -hmm. it. There's a place Mm -hmm. for that here and there, but I'm really a proponent of those quick bursts of, um, the interval training, you may be mm-hmm. on the treadmill for five minutes at a time. Um, and maybe you interweave that with your weight training, you do like a set uh, or a circuit, you know, three exercises in a circuit, like we mentioned earlier with the body weight. And then mm-hmm. you get on the treadmill and do, you know, uh, 30 second intervals, you know, five or six rounds or something, you run hard for 30 seconds, you rest for 30, you, get, you know, so it's a very quick because you actually um, 
it's a great way to increase your metabolic rate and your fat burning mm-hmm. when you do the interval training and you don't need as much time. I feel like it. it's yet. Yeah, it's like a quicker way to get to that slow drag. When yes. I did the HIT high interval uh, training, uh, the, yeah. I can't, I can't get past like a mile and a half for some reason. It's just like what my body's trained to do. So I can't do a 5k. Mm -hmm. As soon as I get a mile and a half, I'm like, okay, I need to get off the treadmill. But once I did the interval training, which like you're saying, so fast run, and then you just walk for a little bit and then fast run and then walk. Yes. The the results are pretty dramatic, but then it made it so I could pass that one and a half mile mark pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's so efficient. I had a client the other day that was doing the intervals and she's like, she started at like a six and a half and then she bumped it up to like, she's like, I just did 10.0 for like 15 seconds, you know? So it was just like a cool yeah. thing. Like you could just do things that you never thought you could and it just right. transfers over to everything else you do. Yeah. You can gamify it pretty easily. So, yeah. all right. So what are your closing thoughts or arguments for people to get into a fitness program? What, what, what are your, what's the take home? What, are, what do you want people to know? What do you want people to do as soon as they drop this their headphones out of their ears. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for listening. This is, I love, I love sharing this message, but again, don't allow, don't um, allow yourself to get overwhelmed by it all. Take it in small pieces. Um, Someone once told me you can't eat an elephant in one bite. And this whole thought of fitness can be very overwhelming and huge when you first start. So it's just stay in your lane. What can you do now? And just, incrementally improve upon yourself don't compare yourself to anybody else whether that's someone online someone at your gym your best friend whatever wherever you are now it's about improving from that point on right the only person you should compare yourself is the person you were yesterday yes that person that stares at you every morning in the mirror <laughs> All right. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast, sharing the message of fitness. I hope we get to work together uh, a bunch more uh, as our fitness go-to guru uh, for the Woodstock Vitamins brand. The information that we talked about, we talked about like how to do push-ups and squats and stuff. I'm hoping that you're going to send me a bunch of links that we'll put on the podcast notes on the page so people can know how to do this properly. Yeah, I can. I have videos that I can share. So there you go. Be Fun. happy. Yeah, be happy to. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you, Neil pleasure. I want to thank Rachel for that great conversation. I'm pretty proud of my classmate for being so disciplined now, if not more, 15 years later, uh, while also helping other people on their wellness journey. I believe that living our best lives doesn't come from a bottle. And it's the work that we do every day that matters the most. So take some of the tips that Rachel gave us today and just start moving. Wake up, stretch, do some push-ups, sit-ups, leg lifts, squats, lunges, planks, whatever. Every day, do a little bit just to get that inner athlete of yours off the bench. For more help from Rachel, visit rachelgregfitness.com. That's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Greg, G-R-E-G-G, fitness.com, or email rachelgregfitness at gmail.com. That's it for today. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and be well.